This is Trice Talk, Tuesday night, August the 31st, 2021, and I'm Donald Wayne, and actually this is going to be a mini pod rather than a Trice Talk, and I will explain to you why. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, of course, Tuesday night is a night that Dennis Lee and I always do an episode of Trice Talk together. And that was the plan for tonight as well. But that didn't work out. Um, about the time I logged on to the show, or actually I tried to start everything up on this end because I actually have to set the show up here from my location. Uh, and it would not, uh, Podbeam would not let me sign in and start the show. It kept giving me a message uh, that my login failed. Well, and I don't want to give you a bunch of details that you don't really care about, but you know, this thing is set up to where I don't have to put in a password every time uh, I start a show. That would be ridiculous in this day and time. But um, so I've, I've never had to put in a password, but for some reason tonight, it did not recognize me and um, therefore wouldn't let me start the show. So I, I was texting back and forth, Dennis Lee and telling him, Oh man, you know, I, I can't, I can't start the show. It won't let me, it says it doesn't recognize me. So I sent Podbeam an email and uh, asked, see if they could, you know, give me some advice, what I need to do to fix this. And the strange thing was it wasn't even prompting me to put in um, a password. So long story short, miraculously, they answered my email tonight and um, told me that I need to reset my password. So I reluctantly, I didn't really think that that was going to be the, the, the uh, solution because like I said, it wasn't even prompting me to add um uh, to, to do my um, password, if you will. But I went through the steps, reset the password, did all that, and lo and behold, it works. So for whatever reason, and, you know, because Dennis Lee has much earlier hours in the morning than I do, um, I told him I did get it fixed, but um, 
let's just not worry about doing one together tonight. I'll just do a mini pod. I have all of my material here that I was going to use. Of course, he did too. And since we don't do, we only do three shows a week together now. I mean, we really hate it when we can't do one together. So it's disappointing that, uh, that it happened this way. But, um, so I decided with all this material, I'm going to go ahead and do a Trice Talk mini pod version. Although it may be a little bit longer than my normal mini pod, but hopefully I'll be giving you, uh, it's the same stuff I would have given you if you were listening to um, a, a version of Trice Talk tonight. So Hopefully you will uh, enjoy or get something out of the articles that I'm going to share with you tonight or the information I'm going to share with you. I had some other stuff too. I mean, we're, we're really trying to add new things in here and um, <laughs> just on a night when we have the opportunity to do it, uh, it didn't work, but Hey, the silver lining to that is it happened on a Tuesday night, which is not a live night show for us, instead of Thursday night, which is a live show, that would have been much more upsetting for us because we look so forward to doing the live shows now that one time a week. And plus we have some more books to give away. Um, we got the first copy and um, got it shipped yesterday going out to Laura from uh, Lauren Lou's communica uh, communication station. She was our first winner last Thursday of the Mark Levin American Marxism book. And uh, hopefully we'll have another winner this coming Thursday. And hopefully I won't have another problem with Podbeam. This, <laughs> well, well, we'll find out tomorrow night because I'll be doing another mini pod on Wednesday night as well. So anyway. Um, the, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and go with the first article that I had that I would have done if, if Dennis Lee had been around. I, I was going to talk with Dennis Lee a little bit about the president's, uh, uh, appearance, uh, news conference, if you will. Of course, he didn't take any questions. So I don't know. Is that technically a news conference or that's just a speech? I'm not sure. But, uh, the president's speech this afternoon, which, uh, a lot of people said he sounded angry, and I thought when I first saw him, I thought he did too. I thought, gee, they've told him to get fired up so you sound like a mean SOB, you know, so people think you're tough. But uh, I'll just um, I'll just save that. I may I may talk about it a little bit tomorrow night if if it's worthy because people have just been picking it to death ever since that time this afternoon. Uh, it is confusing. Uh, Joe Biden is almost in denial, at least publicly, uh, with some of the things that he's saying about the speech. But anyway, I'll try to uh, maybe expand on that tomorrow night. So one of the things that I was going to do with Dennis Lee was this article. Uh, I found it on Mike Huckabee's evening edition, uh, his newsletter that I use quite a bit. Uh, on Trice Talk stuff and even uh, mini pods. Um, and it it's titled, Funny How Democrats Want to Disarm America But Have No Problem 
with this. So that's his title. Now, as always, Huckabee, he kind of writes some funny little stuff about an article. Most of the time it's funny. Uh, something he's going to uh, provide you a link to another article. So I'll start out with his words and then I'll move into the article itself. Um, but Huckabee writes, if one picture is worth a thousand words, then there's a graph. Uh, there's a graphic worth a lot of words. I try never to say. All right. The London Times, or the London Sunday Times, created an infograph to illustrate just how much American military equipment the Taliban will have after President Biden bugged out and left it there for them to seize. Watch your blood pressure as you look at this and see why Biden is now being called the biggest arms dealer to terrorists that the world has ever known. Funny how Democrats want to disarm Americans, but have no problem with bequeathing 358,530 assault rifles and 126,295 pistols to Taliban terrorists. All right. So that was his comments. And then he uh, links you to uh, another article on the, it's called The Right Scoop. I don't believe I've ever used them before. A lot of these things, <laughs> these uh, people like Huckabee refer to, I've never seen. But this is The Right Scoop on August the 29th by Fred T. For some reason, Fred doesn't want to give his last name, but that's okay. Uh, of course, I know before I get into that, I know you've had to see some of the pictures of these Taliban uh, fighters, if you will. I don't know what else to call them. Running around in American uniforms with American weapons, driving American Humvees and other uh, Jeeps and all kinds of American stuff um, around and parading around like, good Lord, we just... We just, <laughs> we just gave these people enough to really actually have an army. I mean, these guys, you know, uh, have, have been kind of primitive and uh, in, in their fighting stuff, even though they have RPGs and stuff like that. But um, still random, uh, still kind of uh, antique compared to modern stuff that – United States and, and, and China and, and Russia have. So, uh, but now we've upgraded them. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're tripping in tall cotton, if you know what I mean. All right. So going to the right scoop, August the 29th, the Taliban has been bragging and taking photos with the vast trove of weapons and gear they now possess. Thanks to Joe Biden. But the extent of the new arsenal has been hard to grasp until now. Biden has created an army. He's turned the Taliban into a national armed force with advanced weaponry, armor, vehicles, and aircraft. How extensive? Now, I, Joe Biden, I believe, said today, or maybe it wasn't Joe Biden, maybe it was one of these other clowns that was talking, said they don't really know ex the exact number of things that were left behind. But for some reason, uh, 
I think the Sunday Times is a is a London uh, newspaper. I'm not quite sure, but anyway. So here's a list from the Sunday Times, wherever in the world they're located. All right, these are the items that have been left behind in Afghanistan. That is according to Sunday Times. 22,174 Humvees, 634 M1117. I'm not quite sure what that is. Uh, It showed a picture, and I'll be posting this on uh, Facebook. It looks like some kind of armored, uh, almost looks kind of like a combination of a truck and a tank. Uh, I'm, I'm not really not sure what it is, uh, honestly. Uh, also, 155 MXX Pro mine-proof vehicles. Oh, so now they've got 155 of those that they can drive around the country. So uh, let's see, 169 M113 armored personnel carriers, 42,000 pickup trucks and SUVs, 64,363 machine guns, 8,000 transport trucks, 162,043 radios, 16,035 night vision goggles and devices, 358,530 assault rifles, 126,295 pistols, 176 artillery pieces. And this says that it's a source, the U.S. Government Accounting Office, the GAO. All right, that's not all. That's not all. The list goes on. 33 M117 helicopters, 33 UH-60 Black Hawk helicopters, 43 MD-530 helicopters, 4 C-130 transports, 23 Ebrayer EMB-314A-29 Super Tucano aircraft. I have no idea what that is. It looks like a little miniature uh fighter, but I think it's a propeller driven, if I'm not mistaken. Remember the picture. 28 Cessna two two eight planes. I mean, Cessnas really? They were flying around Afghanistan in Cessnas? And 10 Cessna AC 208 strike aircraft. I didn't even know Cessna had a strike aircraft. And the source for these numbers is excuse me. <laughs> Jeez. Source is the Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction, or noticed, uh, known as SIGAR, S-I-G-A-R. It gave some other numbers here. Afghan National Defense and Security Force personnel, and this is obviously before they all disbanded or uh, many of them gave up. This is as of July 2021, 182,071 Army and Air Force personnel, 118,628 
police, and paramilitary security units. Total, 300,699, which is the number, I think, that Biden was throwing out there back in July when he's saying he wasn't concerned about uh, the Afghans giving up or being overrun by the Taliban, since the Taliban supposedly only had 75,000 fighters, and um, they total this up to 300, over 300,000. That was the consensus, right? Obviously, that didn't work. Obviously, numbers didn't matter to the Afghans. Maybe they saw the writing on the wall. Who knows what went through people's mind? Who knows what you can say about what they did uh, when when the, all the numbers say that um, more Afghan soldiers died over six over sixty thousand, I believe, in in the twenty years that we were there. But still, and and many, much of this equipment supposedly we have been told was left for the Afghan army to use. And it's, you know, you look at this list, you look at these things, and you wonder, with all that equipment there, how in the world 300,000 people would disband and not fight when they're only fighting 75,000? That's a lot of stuff. But let's take the fact out of there that they disappeared, that they, for whatever reason, many of them gave up. We heard that when the Taliban started taking over territories, we heard that many of them gave up and many of them were executed on the spot when they did give up. Um, so maybe that should have been indication for others. You might not want to try that. Obviously they have no code of justice. Um, that's a lot of equipment. Now, It, it that's one of the mind-boggling. There's so many things about this departure from Afghanistan that doesn't make make sense in the way that it was done. Obviously, I uh, wouldn't begin to make an argument that we should have stayed, although many people think we should have at least kept a small presence and kept a base uh, of operations for ourselves so we could, uh, you know, actually... Uh, you know, do some of our spying and our, our wh- whatever it is that we do, our reconnaissance to make sure that people are behaving themselves to a certain degree or that terror cells aren't taking over areas uh, in, a, in a way that could endanger the United States or our allies. Okay. So people make those arguments. I'm not qualified to do that. I know people were tired of being there, tired of American soldiers dying in Afghanistan. But if there are experts saying that we could have kept a a place there, a base of operations and just made it off limits to all of them. I mean, we are in Cuba, right? They're not exactly our friends either. Of course, they're probably not going to attack the base as close as they are to the United States because we could vaporize that entire island. Not that we would. But here's the other thing that bothers me. Not only the fact um, of how everything else went poorly, but 
that's a lot of stuff. Number one, it's going into the hands of the Taliban now. And some people have suggested, well, you know, they're going to end up selling some of this stuff to uh, other factions, you know, so they can have uh, money coming in. It'll be a way for them to raise money. Uh, other people suggested that people like China and Russia would be more than happy to help them, uh, you know, repair any of this equipment that may not uh, be functioning properly uh, or help them upkeep it, you know, for uh, mineral rights or, or the rights to go and, and mine some of the stuff, some of the valuable resources that are found in Afghanistan. So there's lots of lots of theories about that and what's going to happen with all this equipment that was left. But have you ever known anybody to leave that kind of arsenal for your enemies? And these people are our enemies. They are not our friends. They'll never be our friends. Um, it, it, well, that's what all the experts say anyway, except for the Biden folks. They seem to have this uh, perception that for some reason or other, the Taliban's are going to be friendly with us. Really, we've been killing you people for 20 years in various stages, and yet now all of a sudden you're going to be our friends. But here's the, here's the last thing about this, all the stuff that we've left over there. That's, I, I heard one figure today that it was over uh, more than a billion dollars worth of equipment that we've left there. And, you know, and, and Joe Biden and his folks uh, got on uh, news conferences tried to say, well, you know, a lot of the stuff we've had problems with, it breaks down real easy because of all the, the conditions there, the harsh conditions uh, in Afghanistan. So, you know, they've been a maintenance issue for us. But this is still something these people can use. They not only can use it against Say, if we ever had to go back in there, God forbid, but if we ever had to go back in there, and there are some people suggesting that we may end up having to do that someday, they're going to have this stuff to fight back with us on, with using. Uh, but it's all of this money, American taxpayers' money. It's not the Army stuff that they left over there. It's the American people's equipment that we paid for with our taxes that you've left over there. And by all practical, practical rights, I would imagine we're going to have to replace. I mean, does that not make sense? Now, maybe we won't need as much of that stuff because hopefully we'll never get in a position where we have to go and spend time in countries like we did Iraq and Afghanistan again. I mean, there's not many places in the world that we can go in and do what we did there and occupy and have that much stuff. So maybe the military brass is thinking, well, we'll never need this much stuff again because the next battles are not going to be fought using this kind of stuff. The next battles are not going to be fought using ground troops. Okay. So maybe that's going through their head. That's still an awful lot of money to give away. I would have rather seen them destroy all of that stuff. I mean, we certainly could have had the capability. As soon as, as, as the Afghan army started retreating and giving up in various areas of the country, we should have been Johnny on the spot in there with uh, you know, embalming our equipment and, and getting rid of it 
destroying it. So there's no way they could ever use it. That's my opinion. Hey, you know, I'm not a military expert, but it just doesn't make sense that we allow this kind of stuff to fall in the hands of people that are really still our enemy. I mean, Biden and, and his folks are acting like these people are going to be our friends from now on. And even talking about giving them aid, you know, if, if, if they behave themselves. Well, a lot of people will behave themselves if you give them money or at least on the surface. And people over in these countries that we've been propping up with money for for years and years and years, even Pakistan, you think they wouldn't turn on us in a minute given the opportunity to do so? So it doesn't make sense to me to have all of this stuff that we left there that can be used not only against us if we had to go back or uh, anyone maybe friendly to us, but they're certainly going to be able to use this stuff to oppress their people. You think they're not going to do that? You think if they have problems with people, they're not going to, uh, people within their country, they're not going to use this stuff on them? The article finishes by saying, we don't have a complete picture, obviously, of where every article of defense materials has gone, but certainly a fair amount of it is falling into the hands of the Taliban, said Biden's national security advisor last week, talking to reporters like it was no big deal. That was about the same time he was talking about, well, we have problems, you know, upkeep of this equipment. A lot of this stuff just breaks down frequently anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not just weapons that we use to arm Afghan forces and then fell into Taliban hands. It's vehicles and equipment that like Bagram Air Base, Biden simply ordered it to be abandoned, left behind like American citizens in the streets of Kabul. The Biden retreat will have worldwide consequences for decades to come. Now, (laughs) uh, this is something I came across just before um, I was getting ready to do, uh, try to start the podcast tonight. I saw it on Twitter and I saved it and I've only listened to it once. And it kind of ties into this. Because, you know, we have to be asking the questions, why, why, why did we leave all of this stuff there? We had plenty of time, especially after we left, uh, uh, you know, left uh, the Bagram Air Base, that a lot of that stuff could have been picked up and transported. Uh, We could have put enough people in there to drive that stuff if they had to somewhere else to be, uh, uh, you know, loaded on a plane and taken out. But whatever a lot of stuff was left there just around the country. And I saw this tweet and let me see if I can, uh, uh, bear with me for a second. Cause <laughs> I don't have Dennis Lee to run interference for me. I've got it. I saved a couple of things. It's, it's kind of weird. He talks actually slower than I do sometimes, but if you can try to listen to it, it's just, a uh, 
it's just something to think about. I'm not saying I think that, you know, what he's saying makes sense. I don't have no idea who this guy is. Um, his uh, handle, if you will, I guess that's what it is. This fed up Americano on, uh, on Twitter. But let me play this for you because it ties into this. It ties in to the equipment and I just want you to see what you think about this. So let me try to get this going here. Check this out. There's a proposal for a pipeline to go from Eastern Europe through Siberia down all the way through Central Asia, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, all the way down into Afghanistan because it's been proven that Afghanistan has trillions of untapped oil and natural gas resources. The Afghan government doesn't want it. There's a reason why their resources are untapped because they don't want to tap into those. The same proposal was thrown to the Taliban because this company really, really, really wants that area. Taliban takes over with little to no U.S. resistance or presence. And this company, this corporation, gets their deal because the Taliban sees dollar signs. And with dollar signs, they go, hmm, we get what we want. You can just pay us in surplus U.S. military equipment, which is just left behind, completely unclaimed. And the name of this company, Burisma, Burisma Holdings. Where have we heard that name before? Check, check this out. All right. So, um, I'm not saying that what he's saying is there's any, uh, evidence of that whatsoever. I've never heard that Afghanistan had oil and gas reserves there. I've always heard they had mineral, uh, deposits that were quite, uh, attractive to people like China and possibly Russia. Uh, but especially China. So that's the first I've ever heard. I have no idea who this person is, if what he's saying has any credence whatsoever, where he got his information. But uh, it may be another one of those conspiracy theories that somebody started. Uh, if you watch it on Twitter, I mean, he, he does pause a lot, like he's thinking uh, and definitely not reading this. So I don't know. Uh, you may be able to find him on Twitter and you can and watch it yourself. This had over 10,000 views and it's a uh, fed up, fed up Americano at bearded Gibson three, if that helps. So you may want to check that out. I, I just used it because I saw that before the show and I said, uh, you know, all right. I don't know where he heard it. Uh, we'll wait and see if anybody else says that. I mean, it's certainly, I would think that if there was oil and gas reserves, 
that that would have been talked about by all the people that's been talking about Afghanistan and the minerals that are there. So, uh, and then of course, Burisma <laughs> with Hunter Biden. Um, that's that's a pretty pretty uh, far fetched conspiracy theory, but who knows? I don't know where he got it. Maybe he thought it up himself. All right. I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, let's see. What have I got in here? I'm going to. All right. I had a audio clip that I was going to do. So I, I, I don't think I'll do that. I'll just go ahead and, and do my second story that I had for Trice Talk tonight. And this one I found somewhat interesting because, and I don't usually do the COVID uh, articles. Dennis Lee usually does that, but I thought I would do this one because I found it today and it's about Japan. And I, I just thought it was uh, interesting for a number of reasons. So let me do this. This is from the Epic Times by Lorenz Duchamps, uh, posted on August the 30th. The title is Japan suspends another 1 million Moderna doses over contamination concerns. Japanese authorities suspend another 1 million doses of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine on August the 29th at distribution centers in two regions over contamination concerns. This is according to local governments. The latest suspension comes a day after officials reported that two men in their 30s died after receiving doses from other tainted Moderna lots placed under investigation. Around uh, 1.63 million doses earlier this month. 1.63 million doses tainted? I mean, come on. The Japan Times reported Okinawa, a Japanese prefecture made up of more than 150 islands, announced in a statement that it has suspended the use of Moderna COVID-19 vaccines at a major vaccination center in the city of Naha. I guess it's N-A-H-A. Okinawa officials said, we are suspending the use of Moderna COVID-19 vaccines as foreign substances, substances were spotted in the vaccines. Also in Gunma Prefecture, located north of Tokyo, contaminated lots were paused over similar concerns through an official noted that they will continue distributing lots that are not affected by the incident. More than 2.6 million Moderna doses are currently affected in Japan. Last week, three batches totaling 1.63 million doses were suspended over safety concerns after foreign materials were discovered in at least 390 doses or 39 vials of the Moderna vaccine coming from eight vaccination sites. The Japanese Ministry of Health requested distribution centers to not use the suspended lots that were shipped to more than 800 centers nationwide. A tiny black substance 
was found in a Moderna vaccine vial in Gunma. An official from the prefecture said, in Okinawa, black substances were spotted in syringes and a vial, and pink materials material was found in a different syringe. The country's health ministry said some of the incidents may have been due to needles being incorrectly inserted into vials, breaking off bits of the rubber stopper. Seriously, I, can you break off a bit of the rubber stopper small enough to be sucked up into the side of that, uh, through that needle? I mean, uh, all right, that's a little disconcerting. Moderna previously described the contamination reports as a particular, as a particular, particulate matter that didn't pose a safety or efficacy, efficacy, Ah, having trouble with that one. They didn't pose a safety or efficacy issue. It's all about rhythm, folks. It's all about rhythm. In a joint statement, Moderna and Takata Pharmaceutical called the deaths in Japan a tragic event, but added that there's currently no evidence that the jab caused those deaths. The deaths of the two men, aged 30 and 38, occurred in August. They both suffered from a fever the day after getting a second dose from one of these suspended lots, with each dying two days after that. So both of them died two days after they got their second dose of the vaccine. Nearly 1,000 people in Japan have died after receiving shots from Pfizer's vaccine, while 11 are reported to have died after receiving the Moderna vaccine. As of August 30th, 15,969 Japanese citizens have died from COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. That's, I mean... I don't know what the population of Japan is, but that's concerning. And now we, you know, if you think back to earlier in the year, we've had issues here in in uh, the United States where doses of a vaccine had to be destroyed because they were not uh, kept refrigerated and and stored properly. So it's not unusual. But can you imagine? I mean, the toll this must be taking. Uh, well, actually, I, I guess I, I, let me back up on that because I guess if people have already bought these, if, if, if uh, people in Japan have already paid for these doses, it's probably not an issue for the manufacturer. So they may be happy that people are having issues with these doses of the vaccine because that means they had to purchase more. I don't know if there's any kind of... Uh, uh, contractual issue with this and and uh, the pharmaceutical companies have to make some kind of retribution on it but that's a lot that is a lot of tainted vaccine and it it makes you wonder you know we're in we're at a time right now when people are having we're having a problem with certain segments of our society accepting vaccinations. We have uh, a problem with just certain people refusing to take a vaccine. 
many of them saying they don't trust the government. They don't trust the vaccine. It's too early. The FDA rushed the vaccine uh, approval. So it, it, it makes sense that people are skeptical. Some people are skeptical because you look at incidents like this. Now, yes, it's only two people have died from this particular dose so far. But when you say the word only two people, or if you said the word only one person died, if you're that person that died or the family of that person that died, that's a pretty big deal. So not only would we have to worry about the vaccine itself, just straight out vaccine, maybe being dangerous to some people. We also have to be concerned that some people don't know how to store it properly, or some people are storing it in such a manner that they're becoming contaminated, or some people are not knowing how to insert the needle into the, through the rubber uh, uh, seal, I guess, if you will, of the bottles of the vaccine, the vials of the vaccine. And they're breaking off pieces of rubber into the vaccine itself. Uh, and they don't think that's a big problem. Well, again, I don't see how they could go up through the needle. Now, maybe some needle, some, some, uh, vaccines require a larger opening than others, I believe, but still, geez, I, I can't believe something small enough to go up into that needle. But if it did and it gets injected into somebody, I think that's a pretty big deal. So it's no wonder that we have a problem with people feeling secure and getting a vaccination. And as we've talked about it several times on, on the show, both Dennis Lee and myself, uh, myself and my family, and of course, Dennis Lee got his, we got the vaccine because we felt like that was the right thing to do. That was the best insurance policy we could have against getting sick or at least fatally sick. So, you know, we made that choice willingly and knowing that, uh, based on everything that we knew that was our best chance and not having to go through it, even though Dennis Lee did get COVID, uh, earlier this year. And, uh, but he got the vax vaccination anyway, after he recovered. But these are the kind of things that give people who have the slightest bit of doubt about trusting the government or trusting people, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, to do the right thing and make sure uh, the best they can that all these things are safe for us. But as we know, there are some people that react to things that no one else will react to, and some, unfortunately, adversely. Uh, or seriously. So um, I, I don't know any anything that people could ever do to make those people feel comfortable about it. But it is no wonder that uh, that we have a problem with trusting our government, our governments, and not just here in the United States, but around the world, where these people are pushing these vaccinations on people 
Many who do not want them because they do not trust them. Many don't believe in vaccinations. There's a number of reasons why some people don't want to get vaccinated. But uh, uh, but uh, I think a lot of them, according to what I've heard in the news, is because they don't have the faith that these are safe. Even though millions of people have gotten the vaccinations and not had any problems from them. All right. So I thought I'd share that story with you about Japan. I, I wish Dennis Lee was here because uh, we, we talk about uh, this quite a bit. And uh, that is a little bit concerning, even though, like I said, it was two people, but that's because they stopped using, you know, the vials of the doses that they had and thereby hopefully preventing other people from dying from it. All right. That's it. I don't have my normal closing notes here because I'm actually on the Trice Talk uh, outline. But I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode of what was supposed to be Trice Talk, but <laughs> it ended up being a mini pod uh, because of the problems that I had <laughs> starting this show tonight. Um, I will be back tomorrow night with a mini pod. It'll be a typical mini pod kind of series. Uh, I think I have uh, a subject that you'll want to hear tomorrow night. And then Dennis Lee and I'll be back on Thursday for the live show where we will be giving away, hopefully another, uh, Mark Levin book, uh, American Marxism. And, uh, Certainly, if you uh, are able to listen to us live on Thursday night, that's at Podbeam on Podbeam at 10, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and the contest, the giveaway, and uh, but we'll be we'll be giving the details out early in the show. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? That's, uh, we're going to, one other thing I think I shared last night, we're going to try to do a live show, uh, do it on Facebook. Like we tried to do back in June, uh, this, this past summer. So we're going to attempt to do that on Sunday night show. And so it will be live more or less. Uh, I think we're going to try to to uh, do it both on Podbeam and Facebook at the same time, if we can do that properly. Hopefully, we'll have our uh, engineer, James Marshall, to be able to help us out. Otherwise, no telling how this will end up on Sunday night. But since Monday's a holiday, we decided that would be a good time to try to do that kind of show again. Uh, but that'll be Sunday. Uh, we might do it a little bit earlier. So stay tuned. Uh, check out my mini pod on Saturday night and I'll let you know if we change the time for the show on Sunday night. So you'll be abreast of that. And I guess since we'll be doing it, we may try to go ahead and give away a book on Sunday night as well. And maybe some other goodies. <laughs> we may have to give stuff away <laughs> just, just to uh, soften the blow of <laughs> however the show goes at that time. 
All right. Um, so till next time, keep your eyes open and your ears to the ground. Stay safe, everybody. Something to